On today's show, Luka Doncic makes some comments about the Mavericks front office. He hopes they can make another move. Now that free agency has started, we'll talk about that and we'll talk about Hardy and Lawson in Summer League. All that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. The best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything. Just, Just, you can put the word anything if you want. Comment anything below. Let us know. How did you take Luka Doncic's comments in the interview that posted on Monday? We'll talk about those today and all that. Joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com, the Summer League Legion. The one more thinking, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? I'm just so glad that we stayed up to record (laughs) after that great game. Um, It was so fitting. On a day that the NBA finalizes the play-in tournament to be you know that we just get participation God, ribbons we can't more. Do this already. No, I do want to give a shout We're out so to all the early in the podcast. We can't argue about the play-in tournament this early. So, I, I want to give a shout out to all the major networks, especially ESPN, <laughs> for the, the dedication to Bo Jackson last <laughs> night. You would think Richard Jefferson refereeing a basketball game was equivalent to Michael Phelps lining up as wide receiver in NFL. <laughs> The amount of coverage, the cut-ins from like our game into the other game to see the Jefferson that they were using were awful. <laughs> I'm like, all right, th- it's cool. Don't get me wrong, it's cool. We're desperate for KD like trade right now, but like, <laughs> come on, all right. Okay, it was novel and I found it fun and I, I switched over to it for like, I don't know, like one minute and he, I saw him call his first call. It was wrong. I thought that was hilarious. And then they like they showed the Knicks fans. And they were all mad. And I was like, okay, that's fun. And then I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go back. I'm gonna go back to the yeah. game now. Like, okay, cool. Jefferson and Jog. Yeah. That's I'm I'm happy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we're gonna talk about Luka Doncic today a lot. Marka or Marsa.com. <laughs> yeah, I went both ways. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Somebody let me know in the comments uh, if it's Marsa or Marka. Um, .com had an interview with Luka Doncic. They posted it. It's in Spanish. And uh, people are using Google Translate today. <laughs> but we got somebody to translate it for us to make sure that we knew exactly what it was talking about. Uh, but he had some comments today about the front office, about uh, Mavericks and free agency, and about his future in Dallas. And there's a couple of really, really interesting things in there. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll also break down the Mavericks 82 to 83 loss to the Utah Jazz. I can't remember the last time the Mavs lost to the Jazz. Like, Mm. last like the last time they met was you you want to text david about it (laughs) crossover you want to do a crossover with him i'm more mad that we lost the players playing in those jerseys (laughs) than i am actually the game but let's start with this so the marsa.com article has luka Doncic talking about you know all, all sorts of things he's being asked about stuff he recently just did um you know he had an appearance in paris with zion for jordan brand like all this kind of stuff that was Really cool stuff, by the way. Really cool stuff that was happening with him and just appearances. And so he does this interview. And one of the questions in there is, for this season, you've lost Jalen Brunson and JaVale McGee arrives. But what else does Dallas need to do to make another step? 
And so, Luca, this is the Google translated version. Let me know if yours, if yours if the, trans, the actual translated one is different. It says, well, the market is just beginning. I hope da- the Dallas bosses have more options to sign. Let's see what they do. What was your initial take on that as far as Luca? Because people are reading into it any kind of way that you think about what the Mavericks have done in this offseason. You can look at that Luca quote. Well, the market is just beginning, and I hope the Dallas bosses have more options to sign. Let's see what they do. You can take that quote in any way you want. It can. This is the ultimate confirmation bias quote to me because it can be like, well, you know, let's see what they can do. Let's see if they can do anything else. Or, well, they got to do something, right? I feel like you can take it one of two ways. I Kind of. I think I lean more towards the first one that he's expecting something. That One, when this quote came out, I mean, there are so many – I mean – the people out here who can't speak Spanish, I can't speak Spanish. I'm jealous of my wife. She Portuguese is her first language. She yeah. speaks Spanish also. So I'm like, anything. I'm like, hey, can you like can you translate this for me? And so she's like looking at it. She's reading it to me. I texted it to my friend uh, who's actually a translator. I was like, hey, can you give me like word for word? I want the best yeah. translation of this because I'm about to talk about this tonight. <laughs> and they gave me basically the same thing. They sent back. They said, well translating to English. Well, the trade season has just started and I hope the Dallas bosses will have more options to play with. We'll see what they do. And <clears throat> it's the same variation, like yeah. for, for the most part. And I think it does mean something. I, I think it's, I think it's a little past confirmation bias because I think even if you're setting back, trying to be really positive about it and saying, all right, now he, he's happy with what we did. Like Let- he, he's fine, whatever. What? No, I was, was going to say, let's say you're Jeff Skin Wade. <laughs> we love, <laughs> I we, love skin. We love skin. Ultimate positive, like Mavs force, I feel like right now. Let's say you're here. I think even you look at this and, and read a little bit into it. Yeah, I, I do. And, and 99% of the times, I feel the same way that skin does on everything, which wait, I don't even seen skin tweet about this. But anyway, the, he's, he's not ready for it. <laughs> I do think there's something though. I, it's not everything, but I do think it's something. I, I think it's something that Luca chose to answer this way. That now, whether Luca does Luca fully like get that like the ramifications of it. Well, does Luca fully understand that a hey, free agency you know has been going for a bit and like yeah, it started they- June 30th, so we're like <laughs> we're like 12 days in. But with him just saying, hey, it's just started. He feels like it's still, you know just started, and for him to say that like. I hope that, you know, the Dallas, you know, the, the Mavs bosses, you know, will have more options to play with. There's different variations. Some people put the new word in there, new options, uh, just all that. And we'll see what they do type of thing. I think it is. I think it's a, it's a small thing. I don't, I don't think Luca and I could be wrong. I mean, we're just guessing on this of like, what was Luca's intention? All this. I think he just answered it. Honestly, like he's just, yeah. an, he seemed like just like a chill, honest dude. And he's like, Hey, yeah, I want us to get better, and he's probably banking on the do, the do something else, just like majority of all of right. us are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> We're still waiting on them to do something else. Like I still would be very, very surprised if they took this exact team into training camp. Okay, so then take that a step further. Nick, Nico Harrison, in his exit interviews, told us, we will keep Luca in the loop on things. He will have say on things. He will have his, his, you know, if he wants to have a word on some of these moves and some things, we will tell him. We will keep in communication with him. We'll, we'll talk all summer. It'll be, a, it'll be a thing. Does he know that they're trying to do something else or that they, there's, there's still waiting on something else? Some fallout from the KD trade, some fallout from the Kyrie trade, something like that. Yeah. Does he know and say, hey, you know, 
I hope they have some more options down the line. Let's see what they do. Right? Like, and, and having some kind of knowledge that they are still working on something, that they're still waiting on something to happen. Oh, I hope so. And, I mean, <laughs> right. I'm, I, I, I hope so. I mean, I mean, like you said, he said it that they're, they're going to keep Luca in the mix. And, you know, but obviously they traded Boban. They decided, you know, we, we think the Mavs decided not to sign Dragic. Dragic could have chose to not sign with, yeah. you know, Dallas and said, hey, I'm going to go play with Chicago. So it's like, you know, he they're not signing or they didn't come to terms with or they didn't keep Boban. Dragic isn't a member of the Mavs. So I, that is just, you know, the cherry on top of, I think they have to be communicating with Luca right now. So I would be shocked if they weren't, but what that looks like i don't know and yeah if they have some plan for the fallout of kd trade or Kyrie trade stuff or donovan mitchell trade and all the stuff like some or deandre ayton signing trade stuff with indiana like yeah there's still some big big names that could be moved that could still shake up a lot of stuff that they could just be waiting on and he knows about so and we'll i see and i want to be clear about our stance we don't think they're getting any of those big names Right, like I don't think they're getting an Aiton. I don't think they're they could Kevin like, Durant or <laughs> maybe Kyrie, like maybe, but it doesn't seem like that. Callie Kaplan tweeted, like reported today that uh, the Nets have contacted the Mavericks about Ky- Kyrie Irving, and then Mavericks have not been super interested. They've uh, probably called everybody in the league. Yeah, right, it's <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> um, but I don't think they're getting any of those big names. But some of the fallout could lead to like somebody else, like like the Jazz trades we talked about yesterday, a Bogdanovich or a Conley or a Patrick Beverly yeah. or somebody else that can just help with this team's depth and help, you know, in in certain ways and whatever weaknesses the Mavericks have. So that's how I take this Luca quote: is that you know I, I take it like you. I, I ho- he hopes that they're doing something else. He probably always hopes that they're trying to get better and trying to bring somebody else in for him. He wants to win. He talked yes. so many times in this article about wanting to win, and so of course he would want them to do something else. I don't even know if I take that in like an incendiary way. Like they better have something else, or I'm going to leave. You know, like I don't even know if I take it that way. But but he could have answered this question. I will say this: he could have answered this question of. Hey, I think we're good with where we're at. I love Christian like, Wood. I love JaVale we, McGee. We, yeah, we already made a trade. We added to the front court, and I'm going to miss JB, but I, I think we're we're solid. We're good for, for the season. And he didn't do that. So I think it is something telling that he said that. So coming up, let's talk about his future, because he did comment about his future in Dallas with the Mavericks and what he wants to do in Dallas. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. The ever increasing, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is delicious. I love them. I eat them all the time. The coconut brownie chunk bar is delicious. 180 calories, 15 grams of protein, 9 grams of sugar. I still think the brownie batter puff one is better. I still hold on to that. Churro puff is good too. Uh, the puff bars have marshmallow in the middle of it, chocolate on the outside. These are protein bars too, so they're pretty good for you. Not a ton of sugar. Like I said, 5 grams, 7 grams, 9 grams is like the most of any of these bars. Uh, and those have the, the brownie chunks on top that are absolutely great. So go check out all the bars that are available to you. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order. It's built.com. All right, Isaac Harris, we've been talking about this article. It's marca.com, M-A-R-C-A.com. I'm sure the comments are full of me mispronouncing that all over the place. But uh, Luka Doncic commented about a bunch of stuff. He commented about what he hopes the Mavericks do in the offseason. But he also talked about his future a little bit. The question was, do you think that the Mavericks 
Do you think that in the Mavericks, you will be able to win a ring or you will be willing to change and look for it elsewhere? Which is like a real direct question. Like, hey, do you think the Mavericks are going to have what it takes in your next contract or however long you can wait for them to win a title? Or do you think you're going to have to go somewhere else and win it? And Luca says, I don't plan to change. My goal is to stay and win it in Dallas. That's great. Love that part of it. That's, That's awesome. It's great that he wants to win a title in Dallas. But <laughs> the second part is, although, of course, in the future, you never know. But my idea and I hope I can achieve it is to win in Dallas. Now, how do you take this one? I actually don't I don't care too much about this. one. I, I think it's a solid answer. I, I think it's you're you're showing your commitment to Dallas. You want to win in Dallas, but we're not dumb either. Like, yeah, you want to you want to win here. You want to win a title here. But your your number one thing is you want to win a ring, and you should. Yeah, like you're on track right now to be one of the greatest players to ever play the game of basketball. Like, he could realistically retire tomorrow, and he would be in the basketball Hall of Fame. Like that sounds yeah, like yeah, really he crazy, yeah. but he, but he would. So it's like he's already going to be a Hall of Famer. He he's going to need rings, plural rings, to be in that all time conversation. So. I mean, he's showing his commitment to Dallas with this quote, and but he's also just saying like, "Hey, things change too." Like yeah. we all know this. How many times have things in our lives, listeners, like you thought you're so set on something, you're gonna stay somewhere, work at a certain job, or whatever commitment you make. Like, man, I love this. I want to do this forever, and then Locked six years Mavericks. later, <laughs> and then like six years later, you're in a whole different part of life. Saying, Still doing "How in the Mavericks. world did I get here?" <laughs> I'm still listening to Nick with this soundboard. And so I I just, I, I thought it was an okay answer. I mean, anytime a Mavericks fan hears anything about Luca playing another Jersey, that might be the day we quit the pot. You know, if he just went to, <laughs> went to the Lakers or something, I, I think so I'd just be done with it all. But, but no, I, I, I thought it was a realistic, I thought it was a fine answer. I thought it was just him like, hey, you know, down the road, who knows? Like, who knows what the future holds? You know, keep your third eye open, like all that kind of stuff. Like, he's he's like, whatever. But he was asked about, do you want to win an MVP? What about your stats? You break records all the time. And he's like, I don't care about that. I just want to win. And I think if he really does care about winning that much, then I don't know if he'll leave for the Knicks. But I feel like he he could find another situation where he could win, where he connects with somebody, you know, Jokic or whoever else, and like, hey, let's go actually win, right? Because if that's the biggest thing for you and Dallas comes up short again and again and they don't add somebody else around him. um, But now I think this also, like, all these quotes, the clock is ticking for the Mavericks. And it has been. It has been ticking. And it's been ticking since they drafted him. It's been ticking since we figured out Really early Since he signed the second contract, really, was the ultimate. Yeah, that's what, that's when the like the Stranger Things clock started ticking, where it's like really the countdown and like, all right, I'm starting like if the Mavericks are Here we go. If the Mavericks are in Stranger Things and Vecna uh, is like is, is controlling them and about to like murder them, right? Like I'm not spoiling anything for volume two yet. If yeah, this is great. And if you haven't watched volume two yet, it's just, you know, you're missing out. No. The Mavericks are right now about to be lifted off the ground. <laughs> I think that's where they're because there's that whole process where your eyes start to go white and you start, you can't see anything. Are you talking you, about Thor? And then you're in a trance, and then all of a sudden, then you got then you get lifted off the ground. You're in the air for a while. Vecna like gets to you in your dreams. The Mavericks are there. They're about to be lifted off the ground in that in this process. 
And so their clock are is, the screaming donkeys. The clock is now you're confusing everyone. First of all, they're goats. And second of all, <laughs> second of all, we're still talking about Stranger Things. Um, all right, but the all right. clock is the all that all that awesome analogy just to, to say mm, the good. clock is ticking on the Mavericks and it's ticking for them to add somebody big, right? And there's not many more chances. Yeah. Like how many more off seasons and drafts and and trade deadlines are there? Yeah, between and what would, now you know, and the help end of, you... even the end of Lucas' contract, like I don't know, nine. <laughs> yeah, and the thing that would help you get you know that second star is if you had a young, you know, young don't guy. Twist, don't twist the knife. Young quarterstone, you know, piece to you know add into the deal is under contract for for a while. But, um, I mean that's that's your next that's the next thing for for Dallas. It's it's always been the thing, but especially now with them losing Brunson. And now your second best player turns to Dinwiddie or Christian Wood. Your number one thing for the next, you know, two years, you know, hopefully sooner is can you get a solidified number two next to Luca? And what is the pathway to that? Is it you you taking on a Russell Westbrook, you know, in the aftermath of all of this, so you can shed space (laughs) to clear long term cap money and shoot for it next summer? to add somebody big and he's like you bite the bullet for west like it's those type of stuff to where we're gonna see a little bit of the mavs team building and like their focus and how they're kind of viewing this thing or how much under pressure they feel that they need to you know get a number two or whatever it is next to luca because they swung for kp they thought he was going to be that the previous regime did and they missed and now they're probably realistically going to get one more swing at a number two obviously we thought brunson was going to be a part of that but can they get one more swing at a number two alongside Luca before the, the end of this contract? And it's not like they haven't tried yet because we, one of the reasons why we, yeah, think, they drafted Josh green. One of the reasons why we thought that one of the reasons why we thought Brunson had left was because they were trying to trade him. They were trying to trade him this past trade deadline. They were trying, they took the contracts, you know, all the flexibility, take a drink. You just did, but take another drink, all the flexibility that they flexibility. got in trading KP before the trade deadline. They thought that they were going to be able to use that plus Jalen Brunson as a sweetener to entice somebody to get one of the, to get a second star. And it's the trade just didn't work out. They just kept Brunson. You said it was going to be a mistake at the time. Turned out to be a big mistake for them. And now they're, they have, they're just, well, they're taking a step, I, they're taking a step back, uh, because they don't have that asset anymore to use in a trade. Uh, yeah, let me preface the mistake because I don't know if I said that on the pod, but I think I think you did. I, I, I say I think it was a mistake not trading if you're not willing to go to the price tag to keep him no matter what. Yeah, that that was my whole thing with it is it, the moment you kept him on the roster past the deadline. I was like, you got to You got to do whatever it takes to keep him in the offseason because asset alone, you got to have the asset moving forward. You can't lose it for nothing. Yeah. And now this is the spot they're in right now, and it's a little difficult. And it was smart. You were completely right. And uh, but Jalen didn't want to be treated like an asset. He wanted to be treated like like yeah. a family. Yeah, and and I mean, you saw Jason Kidd say it tonight during the broadcast. Mark Cuban. They're all saying the the right things as far as like what other players around the league want to hear. Like congratulations to him. Like we're excited for him and his family. But you know, deep down, it it stings. It stings a lot. But We'll see. We'll see what happens. And it was a cool interview from Luca. Yeah, on Luca note real quick, you know, some people have shot us some DMs about, you know, his shoes. They're scheduled to come out on June 30th. You know, they they got delayed. Then the, you know, the second colorway got delayed too. So they're just running in some some issues with that Nike that 
they'll, they'll be coming out eventually. I'm excited for it. I'm going to try to get my hands on a few pairs myself, but he's doing a lot of stuff, you know, like you said, in Paris with Jordan Brand with Zion looking good too. I think I feel like he looks a little slimmed down uh, a little bit and definitely weighed less than Zion. <laughs> it's been cool seeing like him be it, it's wild just to like if you just take the the fandom part out of it for a second I'm like man it's so cool like you're the face like you're one of the faces of jordan brand yeah and like in paris doing all these things and like to go back to like the dallas thing his future in dallas like he he's he's done these interviews and you know he did this set down interview as him and zion talking you know two other guys on the stage the other day and he had a lot of great answers. I mean, one guy was calling him, you know, somebody and being on track for the you know best European player ever. And Luca's like, me, me, no, 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 no. Like that's too far for me. Like he's so humble with that. But then he was asked about, it, and he called Dallas. He's like, Dallas is like my second home. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's the stuff I, I cling on to more than a Q and A and an article or whatever. Like hearing him say that and seeing him express that, like that, like that's the stuff we've heard for so long from Dirk. And to hear him call Dallas a second doesn't mean he, you know he's always going to be here forever, but it, that's something that you can cling on to as a Mavs fan. It definitely helps that he's away right now when it's as hot as it is outside, that he doesn't have to stay <laughs> stay here as it's hot and air. Would he be at summer league? Would he be? I don't know. It's hotter there. It's, it was 112 the other day there, so I don't know about that. But coming up, let's talk about Summer League. We'll talk about Hardy. We'll talk about A.J. Lawson, some interesting performances from them. Uh, Hardy almost got another game winner and missed it, so we'll talk about that and break down um, why I'm ready. I'm ready to call it on A.J. Lawson. Uh-oh. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, the Mavericks, the Summer League Mavs lose 82 to 83. Another one point loss in Summer League. I don't know what it is about these guys. Uh, They just can't get wins late in games. But this was an awful game. I'll just preface it by saying that. This was an ultimate Summer League. You're sitting there watching it going, why? Why am I? I almost turned turned the Bachelorette on. Why am I spending my time watching this game? That's like 17 to 12 at the end of the first quarter and just like an awful, brutal game. Um, but there's some things, there's some takeaways from it. And like all summer league games, you don't take the full game. You take like individual moments. You take, you know, what Hardy looks like against some players. You take the, you know, the good and the bad and you sort of push the outliers out and try and figure out, all right, what's the truth of it? So Jaden Hardy is the big focus for us. 14 points, six boards, five assists. He probably should have like eight or nine assists, but, um, but he had five assists. Five assists in this game, four turnovers. He didn't shoot the ball well at all. Four of 15 from the floor. He got blocked by Taco Fall, I think, like three or four times. Like he was just oh, trying to finish dunk. over Taco and tried to dunk over Taco and just didn't work at all. Um, but you saw these are the, like the ups and downs of Jaden Hardy, right? The, the really good game we saw from him in game one. And then you see like a not so good game that you see in this one where he still puts up some numbers, but he doesn't shoot well. He's, you know, his dribbles like all over the place. His shot selection's kind of a little all over the place. And that's what you get with Jaden Hardy. It's one of the reasons why he went 37th and he's got some things to work on for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things in the first game that we pointed out a lot was his ability to drive to the basket. He was yeah. choosing to drive a lot, decision making. Well, it sucks when, you know, the other team has Taco Fall, you know, <laughs> underneath the basket. And it's like, you can try to drive on on Taco, but it comes to the decision making again that he he just kept on trying to shoot. Like it wasn't even just like, "Hey, I'm gonna challenge Taco at the rim," but then he tried to do this like like step step back fade over Taco, and it's like Taco just blocked him. And it's like, all right, so 
so it's just the decision making on his part with that. And it just wasn't as good night, a good night for him. And it's a reminder for us that, Hey, let's not overreact. It's okay. Who would, like, do, who would do that? We don't have to decide if after one summer league game that Jaden Hardy is going to be a six man of the year or potentially start next to Luka Doncic next year. You know, like <laughs> we don't have to decide this. Like, let's get through summer league. Then we can discuss again. Like, all right, did, how do we feel about his role next year and all of that? And it's like, yeah. I still lean with what Nico said when they when they draft him. He's raw. It's going to take some time, but we're excited to see what he could be. Yeah, on draft night, I said I think he can work his way into the rotation. I still think that. I still that's what I still think about him is that he's got to work. And you know who he has to work with the most? Mm-hmm. God, I saw your tweet, so I don't. God, sham God, hit him with the <laughs> sham God. He worked with a lot of guys on their ball handling. He's worked with Dorian Finney-Smith, who like couldn't dribble when he came to the N- came to the NBA, and now can put the ball on the floor. And worked with Harrison Barnes a lot. Worked with Harrison Barnes a lot. Like yeah, there, there's he's worked with a ton of guys and has helped them with their ball handling. And I think if he just gets with God Sham God and gets that handle down really tight, it's going to help him so much in his game because he's not the quickest. He's not the fastest. He you know they called him an Uber athlete on the, on the broadcast. I was like I don't know about that. Um, but he, he can he's got really good control over his game. He's got really good speed, I think. He's got really good change of direction, change of pace. All that stuff is what he's good at. And for you to do that in the NBA, like Luca and like Brunson did, you have to be really good at handling the ball. You have to be really good at handling the ball in tight spaces around multiple defenders and all that. And to be fair to him for this game specifically, he was double and triple teamed all the time. Anytime he tried to turn the corner, there was three guys right at him. And it wasn't just him versus Taco at the rim. Like it was him versus yeah. another defender that was either on his back or right next to him. And then Taco too. So like he had to, you know, try to contort his shot in multiple ways. But if he works God, Sham God, one of the Mavs assistants that really works on ball handling, one of the greatest ball handlers of all time. Uh, I think it, that could really, really help his game a lot in a lot of these different areas. I mean, four turnovers in this game, he could have had more probably. And I think a lot of his shots were just, he couldn't set it up right. Cause he just couldn't get to the right spot on the floor. He can, when he gets to a spot on the floor, he can get a shot off. Cause he's got that step back. We saw the step back three hit late in the game in the yeah. fourth quarter. We've seen the, the, like the step back mid ranger hit in that last summer game. And in this one, um, but he's got to be able to get to those spots. And I think that's the next level for him. And that's really important <laughs> in the NBA. And he'll have to work on that before he can get a rotation spot. He almost had a hardy hammer. Oh. The putback would have just, I mean, that would have given him the lead too. Yeah, late with like 30 um, seconds left. Yeah. So I was excited, obviously excited to see, watch him play. But I think the story for, for the Mavs coming out of two summer league games is that Hardy's not the, the best, most consistent player on the team so far. It's been AJ Lawson. AJ Lawson has been awesome. And I'm ready. I'm ready to call it. Give him the other two way spot. I don't care. Ooh, right now. I'm ready. Call it right now. Who else are they going to get at this point? I'm ready to call it. And uh, I tweeted that. I tweeted that out. And uh, Sean Woodley from Lockdown Raptors reached out to me and said, oh, you're you're buying in on AJ Lawson. He's like, he he was he does uh, play-by-play in the CEBL, like the Canadian Basketball League. And he said he called like a bunch of his games up there and said he's awesome. He would have won the you know Canadian most outstanding player in the league if he would have come hmm. back. Uh, I said he's really good in transition. He said that he, you know, his coach told him that he went and did an, a workout with the Mavericks, and then he came back and he didn't miss a three for like three days. <laughs> He's just like he was just so Dang. locked in in some of these workouts, um, and that he wishes the Raptors would have taken a, ch- a chance on him. But I'm ready to call it. Like he can hit the three. He went two of four in this game. He hit six of eleven in the game before this one. 
Um, but it's not just the three-point shooting. Like, the three-point shooting, if it came around, was what was going to put him over the top. It's the athleticism, the cutting, the in-transition stuff. He had 12 rebounds in this game. He had two blocks. He was defending at the point of attack the entire fourth quarter and, like, a lot of the game, too, yeah. and the Jazz were struggling to, to like, to play against him. Like, I know it's just summer league, but dot, dot, dot. I think I'm ready to call it for AJ Lawson. Sign him on the two-way, and if he doesn't, I think I may be a little disappointed. Yeah, I think I'm there with you. I the only I think it's definitive for me that he's outplayed Moses Wright. So it's like sure. if you're going into into this saying, all right, if Tyler Dorsey's gonna get one of those spots and then Moses has the other one, then who's he gonna replace? Like I think he's for sure outplayed Moses. If they gave it to him right now, I'd be fine with it. I I think he's been great, man. I what you want from a wing, six six, six seven guy, you can never have enough of those dudes. And I love his energy too. Like the dude yes. is always flying around the floor is exciting to watch let's do it sign him right now like clapping on the floor standing up on the bench like all that all the stuff the Mavs want in their culture like he seems to bring it on the court and he's the type of player that the Mavericks should want a wing a 6-6 wing like you said 6-10 wingspan he's about to be 22 so he's still pretty young they could develop him a little bit more and uh he's got a good shot he can hit it off the, off of the move off the catch all that kind of stuff and, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the reason you don't sign him right now is you want to keep the competition up. Like you want, yeah. you want the team to continue. You know, like they're all shooting for this spot. You want to go into camp with some battles, like bring him to camp, see, you know, a couple of these other guys. And I mean, they had two other guys tonight that had really good games, you know, Jarek Harding. And I thought Bingham jr. Your guy, like I thought both those guys Bingham. had, had pretty good games tonight. And, um, Jarek Harding, I don't know how I feel about him. He's electric. You, you know, know obviously played you know Ruby State. I, I think Bobby Corrala tweeted this out. He's Jonathan Gibson. <laughs> he's Jonathan Gibson. He's Pierre Jackson. He's Yogi. Pierre Fer- Jackson. He's Yogi Ferrell. He's he's like campaign. Who have the who have been on the Mavs summer league? Like a small guard that can just like light it up and get buckets. Yeah. Um, he's just he's Jared Harding's going to average like 45 in China. <laughs> he's the next he's the next guy in that list. Um because uh, like with with Jared Harding, he so he scored 18 points in this game. He was the Mavericks offense through the first two quarters. Uh I think it, after the first quarter he had 12 points and the Jazz had 12 points, but he had 8 of 14 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, 1 of 2 from the free throw line. He's just putting up like mid-range like mid-range jumpers against guys that he can dribble around and guys that he can pull up against. So that just that stuff doesn't work in the NBA as well. You have to be so good, so good yeah. in the NBA to be able to get off the shots that he was getting off in this game. And the way that he kind of shoots too is like closer to his shoulder. And so any and he's only like six one, or at least he's listed at six one. So it's just so hard. And that's why that's why we're not like glowing about his game, even though he did have a good game in this one. Yeah. I mean he's a small I mean it's he led the team in scoring and you know, he's like six foot tall and he only had one three. Well, he so. also had 12 points after the first quarter and only scored 18. So, okay. Um, <laughs> Bingham, I thought he played some good defense. He had three blocks <laughs> in the game. Uh, he had a three. You know, it was, you know, it was only field goal he had, but I, I just thought he played better in this game compared to the other. They needed him tonight, you know, against Taco, even yeah. though Taco had a million boards and he got the game winning board there at the end. So, all of you. Rebounding enthusiasts that, you know, shouted from the, the mountaintops for three months, then tonight was your night to shout from the Taco had 12 offensive rebounds in this game. And so it's not all about Taco because Funderburk, their other center off the bench, had six. So yeah, that's an incredible last name, by the way. <laughs> Funderburk. It's amazing. Uh so it, it was more about how the Mavericks did not get to the boards at all, especially like the defensive boards, because they're, they're 
How many? They had 20. The Jazz had 22 offensive boards and 29 defensive boards. That's just like bad. I don't want to say coaching, but I just, that's just like bad team team play. Like overall, yeah. Like nobody rebounded well. Do you want to talk about anything that was said during the game as far as the broadcast goes? Because oh, Greg Anthony. One, <laughs> one of my favorite things about the Greg Anthony stuff was when they were just like the other. Forgive me. Tell me the other announcer's name. Do you? Oh, I knew you were gonna remember her name. To me. I don't remember her name. Okay, sorry. sorry. I, I thought she did great tonight, but it was. <laughs> The way I did laugh at a few times because the way they were lumping <laughs> uh, Greg Anthony into the Jason Kidd, John Stockton conversation. I'm like, <laughs> one of these guys is not like the other <laughs> when it comes to like all time point guys. Like, yeah, so I grew up. There was one time she said, I grew up watching you. Both of you guys play point guard. And I'm like, <laughs> well, did you? Because I mean, I know Craig Anthony, you know, he did fine in the league, but um Compared to Kid and Stockton, but he he who'd, had some. Who'd you rather have, Greg Anthony or Cole Anthony? <laughs> Cole, right now, no, <laughs> right. Um, he just fired off some stuff tonight. There was one time I even tweeted out, I was laughing. They were talking about Taco Fall and how tall he was. Like, man, he's a super tall guy. He's almost seven eleven. I'm like, <laughs> you are we are we there to the say first, someone the, five, five inches the, away the first. is almost that? <laughs> The first eight foot tall human in the NBA. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, wait, we just casually throwing that line out there. I think maybe his wingspan might be close to 7 Eleven. But, uh, okay. uh, but no, in the third quarter, Greg Anthony had this just soliloquy about how well the Mavericks organization is run and how well they've done in the offseason by adding Christian Wood and JaVale and doing all this stuff. And like, just, he just kept going. Like, it just kept going and going. It, it probably went on for like four or five minutes. He was just going on while this game is going on about how well the Mavericks are run, how good Cuban is and, and all these things. And like, there's things I, in that I agree with, right? Like I agreed the Mavericks did well to make the Western conference finals last year. They've, they found an identity. Jason Kidd did a good job. Nico's moves have been largely good. Um, but let's not pretend like they're like the best team in the NBA and have not made any mistakes over the last 12 months or since, you know, Nico and Jason Kidd have started. Right. I mean, uh, but Greg Anthony also said, he had a good conversation with Mark Cuban before the game. And so I take it with a grain of salt, right? Like he got really hyped up by Cuban. Cuban's a good, you know, salesman. He can sell things. And so you're like, you listen to him and you hear him talking. You're like, okay, I'm on. Like, I'm ready. I'm, I can do it. Like crypto, like I'm in. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's a voyage. Uh, I don't know if you want to go down that voyage, but it is yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's like that Narnia movie, the Voyager, <laughs> Voyager of the Don, Don, Don Treader. Um, but Voyager I just, of the Don Shredger wallet up, maybe. I, I just know if I was another team that was playing the Mavs in the summer league and I get no love on the broadcast. Like, I feel like we're watching an all Mavs broadcast because that first game is like we get the in-game Nico interview, a lot of Mavs talk, Christian Wood Christian interview. Wood. Like DeRozan was sprinkled in there, but like all the shots of the Mavs like on the front row. Tonight we get Jason Kidd, a lot of Cuban talk, all this stuff. And it's like, dude, am I watching like Bally? Or yeah, I was gonna say, are, not, it, are these regional broadcasts that are happening? Like, are they? I like it. I mean, obviously we're fine with it. I don't, you know, give a crap about what's going on in Utah. But they're geocaching um, summer league games, I guess. <laughs> Will Hardy, he left early. He's like, I'm out. I, I can't see these jer- jerseys anymore. <laughs> so uh, anyway, let's see how tonight. Tip at 10 p.m. Central Time. <laughs> so if you want to stay up super late and watch us uh, on Mavs.com, uh, I'll be doing a, a, an alternate broadcast with Bobby Corrala 
from the AAC. So you can watch the game actually through the stream. You know, our little frames of everything will be on the side and we'll talk about the game and hopefully it's much better than last night's game. <laughs> Come on, Hardy. Let's go party. Let's go party. There you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Tomorrow we'll be back with Summer League Part 2. It's going to be me and SJ. If you guys loved SJ from her appearance before, great stuff. Then Isaac will be back with me at the end of the week. Um, But thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen. Make your second listen, Locked On NBA. I think it's Matt Moore and David Ramil. Maybe a fill-in for them, but all kinds of Summer League talk. We've had a bunch of people with boots on the ground in Summer League to talk about all the stuff happening in Vegas. So enjoy that, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Keep up.